0: welcome to the fantasy throwdown podcast bringing you the latest in sports news fantasy analysis and opinions don't forget the hot takes can't have a sports show without hot takes these days what about hot cakes though mm, i want some hot cakes now here's your host ready to jump into the thick of things dwayne calendar good morning everybody happy thanksgiving being that it's thanksgiving and the uh, time of giving i felt the need to wake up in the wee hours this morning just doing the prep work for all these uh nfl games today to put together uh, strategies on betting and putting together your dfs lineups so you're welcome and uh, you know what we'll talk about kevin durant another day because that boy is off the rails as far as i'm concerned but that is a story for another time. So uh, let's get right down to it. We've got three games today. So we got the Bears and Lions. We've got the Cowboys and Redskins. And then for the nightcap, we've got the Saints and Falcons. So we're going to get into it uh, right now with uh, the actual breakdown of the individual games. Uh, so we'll do the spread picks and kind of look at uh, things to look out for in each matchup. And then we'll get into uh, the DFS lineups and Kind of see if we can get some winners uh, in the lineup today. So, without much further ado, let's get into it with the Bears and Lions. So, this one is a bit strange. So, uh, you know, technically the Bears are favored even though they've got an injured starting quarterback. So, Mitch Trubisky is going to be out today with a shoulder injury. Uh, you've got career journeyman. I mean, literally, this is the luckiest guy in the NFL as far as I'm concerned, in Chase Daniel, because ever since he graduated from Missouri, the guy has never shown that he can throw in uh, that NFL passes consistently, in my opinion. It, you know, guys are wide open preseason, but he's never actually challenged anyone for a starting job, and no team has ever called him to become a starting NFL quarterback. He's just one of these guys that's hung around the league for over a decade now, Carrying a clipboard, so Trubisky's out, and they literally have to go to uh, Chase Daniel, the Bears, and Chase Daniel literally has thrown for less than 400 yards in his entire career, with one touchdown and one pick on less than 50 yards pass. I mean, uh, 50 pass attempts. So be that as it may, we've got a Lions team that has all but given up on the NFL season this year. Uh, from the standpoint of this is a Lions team that struggles mightily against big passing plays down the middle, you know, we don't have much of a run game uh, to stop the run uh, outside of uh, them making a trade for Snacks Harrison before they gave up on the season. Uh, but th- this is just a team that, you know, for lack of a better term, is in complete disarray. Uh, you know, Matt Patricia, first-year head coach, is trying to put together a roster going forward in the future, and realistically, you've got a number of guys on this roster that will not be here in the upcoming years. So this is more talent valuation for the Lions more than anything else, and the the offensive line issues that they've had uh, throughout the season due to injuries uh, just means that Khalil Mack should have a Big day today, along with the rest of that Bears pass rush, uh, getting after Matthew Stafford. I just look at this line and see that, you know, with it being, even with uh, the Trubisky injury, uh, the line being 43 points, so 43 and a half on most betting websites, you know, you've got a situation here where you're not going to see a ton of points here uh, today. I mean, just being perfectly honest, uh, because... uh, Daniel is going to be a game manager. He's going to do a lot of checkdowns and there's actually going to be a lot of volume for Jordan Howard today. So for you Jordan Howard owners, this is the make a break game. If Jordan Howard can't crack 100 yards today, I mean, this is just pitiful city. I I I don't I don't see any other situation Jordan Howard's going to get this year where he's going to break over 100 yards. Realistically, this Bears offense is going to move on from Jordan Howard after this season. But, you know, for Howard's own sake, he's got to have a big game today uh, just to kind of help himself from a free agency standpoint if the Bears uh, decide to trade or cut him next year. So I, I kind of look at this as a situation where, yes, the Bears should win this game. I know the Lions have a good record on Thanksgiving with Matthew Stafford as QB. I believe his record is 4-1. and as a a starting QB on Thanksgiving, but if you honestly look at the situation as a whole here with the Lions team, this is a team where you got one main receiver in Kenny Galladay. The Bears have a decent uh, uh, corner play to the extent that I think you can have safety coverage over the top to neutralize Galladay, and it's really going to come down to the Lions trying to run the football on this Bears front, which is the only way they're going to succeed. But, you know, here's the problem with that. on Johnson's injured. So the Lions are literally going back to LeGarrette Blunt and a running back trio including uh, Zach Zetter, who they uh, pulled up from the practice squad and throwing the ball out in the backfield to Theo Riddick. You know, just not exactly an inspiring offense, uh, to say the least. So, because Marvin Jones is still out for this game, uh, so this figures to be a low-scoring game. I would take the under on this one. Uh, just be perfectly honest with you here. I, I kind of look at this as like a twenty-three uh, to thirteen game. You know, I really just don't see a whole lot of points being scored in this one. Uh, you know, more from the standpoint of. The points being generated on both sides, I think it's going to come from the Bears' defense uh, kind of flipping the field position or causing some turnovers for the Lions. And on the Detroit side, you know, eventually they're going to get some uh, plays uh, going. It's just a matter of, you know, how many drives are they really going to put together that they're going to put the Bears in a bad position from an explosive play standpoint. Not too many, in my opinion. So... Uh, I, I just look at this from the standpoint of even though the Lions have a weak secondary, a weak run defense, even with Snacks Harrison in that uh, and defensive line front, you know, it's just a case where if Trubisky was healthy, yeah, I would feel comfortable taking the over, but with Trubisky out of the lineup, and I know that Chase Daniel, just what his skill set is as a quarterback is very limited, I can't see the Bears scoring 30 points today. So it's just one of those situations where, you know, you ha- you, you can take some time to go visit the family if, you, uh, if you're traveling uh, to family this morning and uh, won't get there. So this is the game you can kind of use the time to chit-chat with uh, family and friends and not just have the TV on in the background. You're not going to see a whole lot of explosive plays on this one, so... I kind of look at this one and say, you know, it's a Bears victory, but man, uh, this could have been a much more exciting matchup a couple of weeks ago if everyone was healthy. Uh, As it stands right now, I I just look at this as a case where uh, you got a weak Lions team. Yeah, they'll put up a game effort and they'll slow down the Bears early, mainly because Chase Daniel can't really do a whole lot, so... Matt Nagy, the head coach of the Bears, is going to get a little creative of finding ways of getting Tariq Cohen and Taylor Gabriel the ball. Jordan Howard needs to be able to run uh, run between the tackles and get productive yards after contact and just kind of grind this game out and eventually break down the line. So, again, like I said, I look at this as a, kind of a low-scoring game, 23-13 type of game. I just don't see the Lions being able to generate that much offense to keep up with the Bears. I think eventually the Bears start slowly pulling away and the Lions not having much of an answer of uh, being able to get back into this one. So uh, that's where we'll leave it at. And we're going to shift over to Dallas hosting Washington. Cowboys are up big in this one in terms of uh, the spread. Seven and a half points. I get it. Uh, Alex Smith, dumb for the year with that gruesome leg injury that I wish I had not seen live. And then, of course, seeing the replay made me sick to my stomach. So I'll leave it at that. Um, Just thoughts and prayers with Mr. Smith. Again, uh, just terrible injury uh, that happened to him. But um, in in terms of uh, where I see this game going... Again, this is not going to be a pretty game. Uh, You know, folks are expecting the Cowboys uh, to roll the Redskins here, but I have to say that even with the injuries, Washington's going to be up for this game because they know they're in first place in the NFC East. If they could somehow figure out a way of turning the ball over against uh, Dallas and just shortening the field for... Colt McCoy, because, you know, Colt McCoy is who he is. You know, even though Alex Smith got injured, to me, Alex Smith wasn't really even playing that well. So Colt McCoy is not that far much of a drop-down from where Washington was originally in terms of their offensive attack. So I kind of look at this as Adrian Peterson, you know, making those comments again about using the belt on his kid. You know, basically... Just drumming up headlines when didn't really need to drum up headlines this week. You know, I won't even get into that today. But, you know, Adrian Peterson's got to put up numbers today for Washington if they're going to have a chance at this one. So, AP, you know, AD, I mean, I should say, uh, all day. Uh, you know, he's got to put up over 100 yards rushing today. And it's a banged up offensive line for the Redskins. uh just truth be told, that's the reason why Alex Smith got hurt in the first place. It's just because the Redskins, being down three starting offensive linemen, uh, just cannot pass protect the way they used to. I mean, that was a top five offensive line, and now you know they're performing like uh, right around the the, uh, the last couple of games. They're performing right around uh, the level uh, of uh, a team in the in the mid to late teens. Uh, in terms of NFL offensive line, so th- that's how much of a drop-off it's been. But, you know, at the end of the day, they got to buck up and figure out a way of getting this done. You know, this is a classic case where Cowboys and their fans are going to be overconfident for this one. Yes, the Cowboys' defense plays better at home. Uh, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch and, and Jalen uh, Jalen Smith, uh, the linebacking core for the Cowboys, are absolute monsters uh, I'll, I'll give I'll give uh, Dallas credit there. You know, the Giants screwed up with Jalen Smith by far. I, I've had that rant more than a few times with the folks who know me best. But, uh, you know, Van Der Esch, I saw him play at Boise State, and, it, you know, I, I still kind of looked at it as a case where I, I, I didn't see him as a first-round pick, but clearly uh, Dallas got it right. I, I, I have to admit, it. it's one where... Most of the experts uh, were in the in the assumption that, like, this was a, a back end of the first round, uh, uh, early second round pick, and, like, Dallas took him uh, pretty early in the first set. But so far, like, the guy is looking, and I hate to make an early comparison, but he is looking very much like a young Brian Urlacher uh, type of player or, or Zach Smith. Like, he's got those ball-hawking skills and just great uh, intuitiveness uh, in terms of kind of reading out what an offense is trying to do. So I, I give the kid a high marks. So like he's got a very very bright future ahead of us, uh, ahead of him, and uh, will probably make lives miserable for Giants fans such as myself going forward. But be that as it may, I still look at this as a game where this is a very aggressive line for Dallas. Uh, the line is at 40 and a half. You know, we know what the game plan is for Dallas, uh, and, you know, hopefully uh, there's a case that, for the sake of just quality football, Jason Garrett, the head coach of the Cowboys, and Scott Linehan, their offensive coordinator, understand that, you know, this is the easiest game plan to execute. Feed Ezekiel Elliott the ball. (laughs) If you give Ezekiel Elliott 30 to 35 touches, you're... Chances of winning the football game go up to at least 65 to 70%. If he touches it less than 25 times, your odds of winning the football game go down to under 30%. That's just the way the Cowboys have been with Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. You know, you got to ride your horses. Like, you built this team around your offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, you got to use them. You know, just the way uh, they did it uh, previously under DeMarco Murray, use use that offensive line, beat up your opponent, grind down the game to a a crawl. I mean, the pace will go fast because of the clock burning, but, you know, you know where I'm getting at. It's just these are games where you have to win with long methodical drives. Dak Prescott... You know, you can call gadget plays and try to uh, drum up a big strike offensive uh, uh, passing play down the middle of the field. But realistically, that's not what's going to benefit Dallas in the long run. It's like this team is predicated on long scoring drives, not uh, trying to uh, hit quick strike offense uh, and just blow teams away. You know, they got to use their play action. They got to use RPOs. And They gotta feed Zeke the ball. I mean, it's just, it's really that simple. Uh, you know, I I can't uh, I can't sugarcoat this. It's like this is one of the most straightforward teams you will ever see play in the NFL. It's an old school NFL uh, mindset, but it's still very effective in the new NFL of no defense allowed. So uh, Dallas just gotta play smart and try not to force the issue. If they force the issue. They're playing into the hands of Washington because that secondary is still very good because you got Josh Norman back there, you got HaHa Clinton Dix, and you got DJ Swearinger patrolling uh, the back end uh, of the secondary, and they will make plays on Dak Prescott because Dak does not throw very tight spiral. So, you know, the ball velocity is not going to be that great. So, unless a guy's wide open... You know those guys are going to ball hawk and be able to uh, pick the ball out of the air because I trust those guys more than I would trust Amari Cooper to high spot a ball. It's just that simple. Like Jared Jones could say whatever he wants. Amari Cooper is nowhere close to the receiver Michael Irving was. So uh, we'll see how the game goes. But if if they do a any kind of game script that does not heavily feature Ezekiel Elliott. It is just a tremendous mistake in a game that the Cowboys must win. There's no if, ands, or buts. So, like, Washington somehow pulls this one off. They could easily win the division because the Washington still plays the Giants coming up. And even though the Giants have looked better, that is, without question, winnable games against the New York football Giants. So, uh, Dallas has got to take care of business against the uh, Washington today, everyone's already wrapping up the division for Dallas. Uh, it's not quite over just yet. They they need to get the win today, and uh, any, any uh, playing around with the Redskins today uh, can bite them in the ass, and it's not the first time I've seen Dallas lay an egg in a game where they had a division rival on the ropes, could have put them away, and then came out with some of the most ridiculous play-calling imaginable. Because this is why Jason Garrett for his career is a 500 football coach after 10 seasons. It's just, you know, games like this that should be relatively straightforward and simple aren't. So, I would say that if I'm doing the spread pick today, I'm actually taking Washington plus 7.5. You know, I've seen this story too many times that Dallas can find ways of screwing this up. I think Dallas... Uh, will win the game, but I think this ends up being far closer than anyone gives it credit for. I, I, I look at this as a, more likely to be a a 20-17 to kind of game uh, than anything else where it comes down to the wiring. They have to get a late field goal to win it. Uh, I don't see this being a blowout, and I do see a lot of defensive stops uh, going both ways. But I, I think at the end of the day, Ezekiel Elliott... Carries it through, gets his 100-plus yards on a number of carries. And, you know, again, folks, if Dallas really feeds Zeke the Rock, and in critical situations, uh, Zeke would have a monster game. It's just the fact that I've seen Dallas get into this habit before where if they underestimate their opponents, they want to make everyone on that team look good rather than actually just getting the W. It's one of the most mind-boggling things that I can see from an actual team. Is you know, At the end of the day, you need to get W's, not make people feel good about themselves. So, uh, We'll see how the game goes, but I would actually uh, place a spread bet on uh, Washington today, uh, plus 7.5. Uh, moneyline bet, uh, I would have it on Dallas, but I would actually avoid moneyline bets today because I, I still have a gut feeling that Dallas could find a way to lose this game, uh, even though this should... Easily be in their wheelhouse to get a W. All right, so for the nightcap, we've got Atlanta going to New Orleans. You know, here's the here's the bottom line: New Orleans is a heavy, heavy favorite with a 13 point spread, 12 and a half in most places. But you know, the line's huge here at 60 points. I think we're easily going to blow past that. You know, if I'm being perfectly honest here. This Atlanta team is such a waste of talent. It's not even funny. Like If if the Giants could just trade for center Alex Mack, the Giants could have actually been at least uh, a six-win team this year. I have no doubt about it in my mind that uh, if we actually had Alex Mack uh, to anchor the offensive line, and not get bullied straight up the middle by certain teams. Uh, but, you know, be that as it may, Atlanta just wasting the <laughs> the prime of Julio Jones, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's hard watching this at times. Because I, I look at this Atlanta team, and yes, I know the defense has had injuries, but Dan Quinn's a defensive head coach, and the lack of... Any improvements in this Atlanta defense over the course of the year is just one of the most head-scratching things I've seen. And the game against Dallas, I mean, the fact that the defense didn't get blown out, but it was just more of the fact that Dallas kept shooting themselves in the foot. Like, the Atlanta offense should have been able to take over, except Matt Ryan... Once again, just shrinks in these games where he should be having monster games and it doesn't happen. Like I'm, I'm very curious as to how this nightcap's going to go because I could easily see this as a situation where New Orleans jumps on him early and this game's over by halftime. I, I easily could see uh, New Orleans scoring forty seven points in this one easily. You know. Atlanta's going to get theirs. I mean, they're going to score some points because New Orleans' defense will give it up, too. They'll they'll keep uh, both teams in the game. I mean, New Orleans can sack the quarterback, but they will give up pass plays across the middle, and they will get beat uh, uh, deep occasionally. So Julio Jones uh, should be in line for a big night regardless if he gets in the end zone or not. I, I do think that... He's due for at least uh, two big pass plays uh, tonight. Now, whether or not Atlanta can keep up with New Orleans, uh, that remains to be seen. I'm not sold on it uh, happening. I-, I think Atlanta probably gets blown out by 20 points tonight. You know, they'll score uh, anywhere from 20 uh, 20 to 30 points, but I-, I still think New Orleans is pretty much a lock to get at least uh, – four touchdowns tonight at least four touchdowns and probably a couple more field goals i i think they'll probably get five uh, touchdowns to be honest and, uh and instead of a a bunch of field goals but i, I definitely think that atlanta's not going to be able to match up with new orleans at all so uh, michael thomas uh should be able to have his way with atlanta i mean i i easily think that michael thomas could have a 10 catch 120 yard night uh, without blinking uh, to be honest the way drew Brees can put the ball on michael thomas in any given situation even if he's double covered is astounding like drew Brees, again you know with the modern nfl where you are so limited in terms of how you can pressure and hit quarterbacks drew Brees can operate freely in ways he has never had uh, the ability to do uh, beforehand so uh I just look at this as a case where it's going to be fish in the barrels, where Drew Brees can, uh, you know, he can hit Michael Thomas, he can get Kamara or Mark Ingram out of the backfield. Ingram and Kamara can run between the tackles on this team at will. Atlanta just does not have the pieces. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, they're kind of soft. It, you know, they don't have the mean streak that I think is capable of Stymieing a team like New Orleans. like they, they don't want to do the hard work that it takes to actually get a team like New Orleans off the field. So, uh, just not a good matchup at all. So, uh, I, I look at this as, uh, as the nightcap to be, you know, first half, you get to see a lot of offense, and then you can either leave your Thanksgiving dinner party and head home, or, you know, unless you're covering for fantasy purposes like me, uh, you can turn in and go to. Uh, go to sleep with the tryptophan and uh, rest knowing that the game's pretty much over. You, you're you not going to have to watch the entire entire game because I, I just feel as though Atlanta is going to be overmatched and it's going to be over relatively early tonight. So, uh, even though it's the nightcap, but you know, by 10 o'clock, uh, you know, you can feel free to like, uh, start getting some Z's. So let's get into it, uh, from a DFS standpoint. Uh, you know, obviously, you know where I stand on the Atlanta-New Orleans matchup. I, I definitely think the over is going to be past 60, and I definitely think New Orleans covers uh, the 13-point spread. You know, if you get it for the 12-and-a-half, even better, but I, I just think it's a lock for New Orleans tonight. I do not see that game being close unless somehow uh, New Orleans gets an injury uh, unforeseen that uh, causes... Uh, a massive lineup change. I I just think that uh, they're going to overwhelm Atlanta, and Atlanta is already in a position where uh, they're about to hang up the season anyway. So uh, it is what it is. So getting into the DFS lineups, Uh, my opinion on this is, you know, you're going to need to try to figure out a way of getting Alvin Kamara in your lineup as well as Michael Thomas. I would try to have exposure to... As many players from the Saints Falcons game as possible, because of the fact that you know there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, scoring going on with Chicago Detroit and the Dallas in that uh, Dallas or Washington game. It's just one of those situations where you know the early games. Yes, you have to have some players in there, but realistically, there's not going to be a whole lot of scoring. So I, I think you got to kind of load up on the Saints players. So to me, the locks are. Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara. I would also find a way to uh, find money to get uh, Julio Jones into your lineup. Uh, The issue here is that I think Julio uh, you know in order to to make the math work for Julio, uh, most people are going to try to leave uh, Ezekiel Elliott out. I can also see folks uh, jamming Ezekiel Elliott into the lineup in lieu of uh, Julio Jones and that's you know, that's a viable strategy as well for uh, cash games and tournaments. Like, there's a chance Julio doesn't have the big game and they, uh, the passes go to Calvin Ridley or Muhammad Sanu. I mean, that, I, I won't uh, say that uh, it's out of the realm of possibility. My thing is, is that if you're looking at it from the standpoint of how can I maximize uh, my points per dollar, you know, you can consider someone like Colt McCoy who's going to be under... Uh, five grand on DraftKings uh, as your quarterback and then you can use uh, some uh, salary relief with a guy along the lines of a Kirkwood uh, 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 Kirkwood on uh, New Orleans who's going to be uh, pretty cheap uh, to be honest because he was only coming in at 3200 on DraftKings. FanDuel uh, he was a bit higher being around uh, 5200 but you know If you're doing the math here, uh, I I would say that uh, even with paying up for Alvin Kamara, you should easily be able to fit in uh, multiple uh, high-level receivers uh, if you wanted to. It's just a matter of, I I just think that the way these games are going to go, outside of uh, Atlanta and New Orleans, there's not going to be a whole lot of passing. So to me... uh, you got to go for the elite players only, and you know so that means you're, you're paying the eighty three hundred for Kamara on DraftKings, FanDuel. Uh, he's going to run you eighty nine hundred. Zeke, you know uh, Zeke Zeke is still going to be uh, pricey on both sides. He's eighty six hundred on DraftKings, uh, and it's uh, eighty seven hundred on FanDuel. Uh, so I think you got to f- find a way to uh, look at those guys. Michael Thomas being eighty eight hundred. On uh, FanDuel and, you know, in terms of DraftKings, he was uh, 8900 I mean, they're all going to be priced high because, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of points uh, being scored by some of the role players. So you have to try to, you know, do a little math exercise and uh, figure a way of squeezing these players in. So, like, one of the other builds that I was playing around with was on DraftKings. You know, you use, uh, you pay up for Drew Brees, uh, he's going to run you sixty seven hundred. You use Mark Ingram and Kamara together. So Ingram's going to run you sixty one hundred. I, I already told you, like with Kamara being eighty three hundred, you know, you're of course you're doubling up on two players on the same team playing the exact same position. But combined, you know, you're hoping to get a couple of touchdowns between the two of them. Uh, that way, you cover your exposure on both, and you can you can go about it that way. And by using Ingram and Kamara, you know, you're kind of hoping that Zeke doesn't go off. And then with that, you can fit in both Julio Jones and Michael Thomas into your lineup. So that, you know, A, you get the rushing touchdowns, and B, you get the pass-catching touchdowns for the highest-scoring game of the day. The other way you can go about it is, you know, you pair up Zeke and Kamara, which I expect most people to do, and then... You could fit in Julio Jones and Michael Thomas on DraftKings, but you're going to have to punt on one of the positions, most likely tight end. So, uh, a guy like uh, Rico Gathers on Dallas, uh, uh, being uh, being that Dallas is it has a couple injuries at the tight end spot, Gathers is min pricing at twenty five hundred. You can slide Gathers in, and if he gets any catches, that's just a bonus. But you're just using the roster spot. Uh, to just a fill out the roster but just use as little money as possible so you can fit in all the premier players that uh, that you're looking for so uh, that's the way I would suggest going about it if you're trying to fit every um, big time uh, player in there, you're gonna have to get creative with the map because you know doing it any other way, you know you're just gonna run out of cash and like I said, trying to fade, These guys is, I I just think it's a very, very bad play. I I think you have to figure out a way of uh, getting them in the lineup. So if that means you know you're you're pushing all the way down to the Colt McCoy's and Chase Daniels of the world to get uh, the big playmakers in there, then you can go ahead and do that. I, I would still say you know if you make the sacrifice for one. Uh, then you can definitely afford Drew Brees. But if you are afraid of seeing a bunch of rushing touchdowns uh, and not as many passing touchdowns, uh, you can go that route and just keep Michael Thomas in there and, you know, say that, you know, you, you get a couple of catches to hedge your hedge your bet. But end of the day, uh, this is, uh, with it only being a three game slate today, you're going to have to pick and choose uh, uh, your time and place. And, uh, you know, this is a case where, you know, you hope you pick the right stars and that they uh, shine bright because, uh, you know, if not, this is going to be kind of a quagmire because, uh, you know, again, with it being a small slate today, uh, you're, you're going to have to make a stand. And the way I would say, folks, is don't try to get cute with it. Uh, you know, pick the game that has the highest point total, and that would be the Saints and Falcons to make your stand on. You know, if you fade Zeke and Zeke goes off, you know, you got to kind of tip your hat. I mean, I, I, I always say, is like, you know, I'd rather get beat by someone playing the absolute best of their game than get beat trying to play cute and just being uh, underweight in a way where I was so conservative and trying to uh, slice and dice certain things that, like, I missed the point entirely, so... Uh, you can try to uh, fudge it and like uh, play with uh, guys like uh, Riddick and uh, Tevin Coleman, but again, like I said, I, I just don't see uh, enough scoring output from some of those mid-tier guys. I, I think you just got to pay up uh, the premium uh, to get the guys that you feel comfortable with uh, in the, the most uh, key spots, and that would be at running back and wide receiver, uh, you know, and if that means sacrificing the quarterback, so be it. But uh, as long as you're confident in uh, the skilled position players, I think you got to roll from today uh, just with this being such a small slate and not having enough games to kind of go around to supplement it. I mean, this would, this would definitely be a different conversation if Trubisky was remotely healthy or even if you wanted to kind of go down the path of, uh, saying that uh, Dak was going to be able to uh, have a successful day throwing the football. Uh, I, I just think that if you play Dak Prescott, you're, you're trying to get too cute, and uh, you might end up uh, getting yourself burned uh, when you didn't need to. So uh, that's uh, that's where I kind of stand on the games today. Uh, so I'll wrap up the show here just so I can get it online so you guys uh, can take advantage. And uh, best of luck to you today, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, – Kevin Durant and Black Friday items uh, hopefully uh, at some point today if I get some chance to during Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, we'll take it from there. But uh, that's all for now, and uh, have a good day, folks, and uh, enjoy the turkey and stuffing.